Hello and welcome to the Her Podcast. I'm Neve Marr and I'm delighted to welcome my guest to studio today, Louisa May Hanrahan. Louisa May has recently been featured in an exhibition, Stand.ie, that showcases phenomenal activists across Ireland. And we wanted to welcome her to studio to find out more about her activism, but also activism in general across the country. Louisa May, you're very welcome to the show. It's so lovely to see you in person. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So, Louisa May, I interviewed you way back back at the beginning yeah. of the pandemic, around the time that you began raising awareness about direct provision in Ireland. So can you tell our audience a little, that feels like a lifetime ago, by the way, like literally, I think that was within the first few weeks of the yeah, initial... Yeah, it happened so quickly. Yeah, I know, the initial lockdown and it was just such a an insane time. But can you tell our audience a little bit about the journey that you've been on since then, mm. as well as the Let's Help Direct Provision, I suppose the Instagram account that you set up, but how that's been going over the last couple of years now. Yeah, I know. It's very weird to see that it's two years old and I like, you know, you're like, whoa, where did it's the kind of thing that makes me realise we were in a pandemic for a long time. Just a very there. long time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just there, do you remember like, wait, let's help us two years. I was like Yeah, so um yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what it is, is that I started up an Instagram account at the beginning of the pandemic. It was actually just for volunteers and it was talking about COVID-19 and stuff. Um, and at a certain point early on in the creation of the page, an asylum seeker reached out and asked for our help with getting hygiene products to their centre. So if you remember during the pandemic, there was that time where like you couldn't get any PPE, you couldn't yeah. get hand sanitizer. Um, and so just behind the scenes, I decided to just do that myself and kind of get together some hygiene products and and bring them to that centre. And I started doing that and I kept going. Um, and after a certain period of time, um, I you know, I'd known about drug provision for a while and I it was an area I was quite worried about during the pandemic because yeah. they didn't have the ability to like socially isolate, they were vulnerable. So I decided to like um, fully focus on it. And that's when I created Let's Help Drug Provision. And what we were doing is helping improve like the day-to-day lives of people in drug provision by bringing them like donations. So whether they need like clothes or uh, women's hygiene products, that sort of thing. We just started bringing them to centres to help them out during the pandemic. Yeah, so I I feel like, you know, you kind of mentioned there that direct provision was something that you had known about and that you became more concerned about when the pandemic hit. But I think, you know, in doing a little bit of research into it as well, a lot of people know about direct provision, of course. Yeah. It's been around for so long. But when you say that you were aware of it, like what was your level of understanding of what direct provision was before you, I suppose, got more involved with it and before you met people who were actually in DP? Yeah, I definitely didn't have the understanding of it that I probably would have hoped I'd have had. Yeah. Um, I just, I had a friend that had gone through it that had recently talked to me about it and I kind of read up a few things online but I, I did find like the information somewhat confusing mm. so then I st- when I started bringing stuff to centres I started researching more and more and more and then I'd meet people and I'd ask them about what I'd read online whether it was true or not true like oh I hear you guys can get jobs now is that true and they'd be like yeah that's technically true but not in the field that I work in and also my centre is really far away from anywhere that you could get a job. So it was just like really learning about like the day-to-day experience of people there was really eye-opening and I felt like it was something that people in my community anyway didn't fully know about. Yeah. 
So I wanted to, I don't know, highlight it, I guess. And then, of course, direct provision is is still very much happening at the moment, Mm. although we'll talk a little bit later about how there is an end in sight for it. But for anybody who doesn't know, it was set up in 1999 as it was temporary. I mean, that was kind of the idea of it originally, that it was going to be a centre for asylum seekers coming to this country. And the whole point of it was that it was not going to be a long-term solution. Here we are over 20 years later. It's unbelievable. And and it's still going on. So yeah, can you give us a little bit of of history about it and what the actual situation is like now for people who are in direct provision? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, as you said, it was a temporary measure. So it wasn't set up to house people for a very long period of time. But what ended up happening is, you know, there's people who lived in direct provision for over 10 years, people who grew up there. Mm. Um, On our website, we tell the story of a girl, Wara, who grew up there from the age of four to 18. And um, yeah, the conditions in direct provision centres were very, very poor. Um, There were amazing groups like the Irish Refugee Council and different activists who fought for better rights for them. And so Mm. throughout the years, you know, there was no right to work for them for a long period of time and, and that got somewhat changed, as I just explained. Yeah. Um, and there's been people fighting along the way to improve things for asylum seekers, but there's definitely a feeling that a lot of it fell on deaf ears. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I, I think to explain it and talk about what it's like now and what it's like then, you know, it's it's there's so much going on Um things people talk about the uh, the most is the quality of like the food which imagine if you're living somewhere for 10 years and you're not able to eat properly um that can be a huge problem if you're not able to feed your kids properly um there's you know access to like child uh stuff to help bring up your children um mm. access to transport um, so there's various issues that if you could you can learn about more on our website as well if anyone wants to. Yeah, we're going to put all the information yeah. um, for your website in the description box below. And I saw as well that you have kind of a a seven week yeah. email course sign yeah. up thing. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't explain that well, but it's um, a, a thing that people can sign up for to basically learn more about. Yeah, because it's so provision. there's so much to it. And I yeah. think that's what I found online was now there's actually a lot more in the press. Um, and there was stuff in the press, but it was just disjointed, I guess. So yeah, we did, I, I made a little email course that just goes through like the basics of what it's like, what, what it's like for children, what it's like for mums, what it's like for, you know, what being an asylum seeker actually is. Yeah, I think um, what, I, what I've seen as well, especially when it comes to kind of media coverage, is that people who have been in direct provision for the last like 10 years, like you said, you know, people who've been there from four to whatever, yeah. 16, 17, they're growing up, they're coming into society and they're actually talking about their own experiences yeah. now. So that's what I'm really seeing a lot of young people who have grown up or had certain amount of experiences yeah. in direct provision who are out talking about it now. And I think that's making people sit up and, and take notice. But yeah. it also feels to me like something that in you know years to come, history is not going to be kind to what direct provision was in this country. Yeah, because it's just like, it's just, it's, that's that, you know, there's so many hard stories to hear, but I just can't get out of my, there's another girl, Alicia, who's been talking about as well, Alicia Ray. Um, she's a musician in Dublin. And it's just to, to like acknowledge that there's somebody who grew up like literally down the road from you, that you would have been happy to like, help them out or we would have definitely been happy to like try make life like easier for them and then just hear that they've had such like a different experience that I had no idea about 
I don't know, that's what kind of yeah <laughs> keeps me up at night. And, you know, like Wara only just got her first passport recently. Like, you know, it's not really that long over for her. And she yeah. went in when she was four and she's 21 now. I know. So it's, you know, imagine your whole youth and then kind of having this experience and then the people in Ireland having no idea what, what you're, you know, if you mention, oh, I grew up in Jack Vision you know, people might not even know what that even really is, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like, kind of back to the emails then, and I suppose the the take-up on that when it comes to your website and, and yeah. again, from what you can see on your Instagram page, what is the appetite when it comes to Irish people wanting to know about this and wanting to know about what's happening in their country? Because I am acutely aware that, like, you know, we are talking about this from a very privileged position yeah. and we have never been in direct provision. Exactly, yeah. You, of course, you know, are an activist for this. But, I, I like, what what is the appetite for Irish people to learn more about this? Or have you found that there is a slightly, like, you know, it's not happening to me so I don't necessarily need to know about it. Yeah I mean there's definitely people that fall into both camps yeah. I'm sure but um, yeah we, I mean we had a, we've had a thousand people go through the email course which I think is cool because yeah. um, I don't know who those people are so yeah. <laughs> um, you know and Ireland's a small enough country so there's definitely been like a lot of people interacting with stuff online and reading our posts and we um, some of the women who went through direct provision were recently in Sunday Life magazine telling their stories. I saw, that was an incredible. And isn't that going to be part of like a photography exhibition yeah, as well? Beautiful yeah, images. Evan Doherty. Um, but that was really, that like felt like, even though I wasn't actually in it or like, you know, I, I guess I, like, I helped bring it together, but that was a big moment to see them, you know, speak up and they're all really happy with how it was like put across. And, yeah. um, you know, so there's phenomenal activists I suppose I've gotten to know through this whole experience too yeah. Um, and yeah like I think it is just like trying your best to find ways to get people to listen as well mm. you know so um, yeah keep keep going with it I guess. <laughs> and talk to me a little bit about Let's Match Moms because that yeah. was something that um, uh, started a little bit after the original page so tell us a little bit about what Let's Match Moms is the idea behind it and how it's been going. Yeah, so I guess when I started uh, Let's Help, I guess it does two things. We were trying to educate people about drug provision and then we were doing collection points, bringing bringing donations to asylum seekers. And I just was trying to figure out a good way to get products to uh, asylum seekers in drug provision. And we started just really focused on helping mums and their kids. Just there's a lot you need when you have a baby. For any of the moms out there, they'll know, you know, babies grow so quickly. They can be fitting into one thing one day and then the next day they've grown out of it. Um, And I don't have kids myself, so I was actually learning like a lot about what mothers need and also what mothers are prepared to give. Yeah. Um, so I just, we were getting messages every day and we still are getting actually a load of messages from mums just being like, hey, I have this. I'd love to give it to a mum in direct provision. And I was kind of finding that, you know, there's only so much um, you can do in terms of like operations of bringing drops to centres. You know, I had done a collection point and one of the mums said to me, oh, come back to me in six months and I'll have more stuff for you because mm-hmm. my baby will be bigger. And I was like, oh, I know that the stuff she's giving me will go to a mum in direct provision, but I don't know who that mum is. And I was like, and that same mum will probably need this woman's stuff in six months. And that kind of spawned the idea of matching mums. And we're like, oh, how about we just 
put those two mums in contact and that way we can technically do more drops without actually having to do more yeah. drops, I guess. So I just, I thought this was like a small thing that really would, you know, as we set, we set up 14 mums down in a centre in Wexford um, and, you know, asked them if they were interested and we talked to their Irish refugee council on various different things to make sure this idea was sound. And then um, I just put it on the Instagram for local mums, it was like anyone mum wants to sign up, and yeah, we got like a thousand people who signed up that straight day straight away. Yeah. Wow! So there's definitely still a few mums waiting to be matched. Yeah, but we launched centre to centre. So just there yesterday, I had a lot of sign ups from mums in Cork, and um, I don't know, it's giving me such joy at the moment. Um, like seeing the stuff that the mums pass on because it's interesting when you're like have a kid yourself if you buy like. The kids barely use any of their items because they're growing so quickly. So what I noticed when we were doing collection points was everything we got was pretty much brand new. It might have still had tags on. Um, And there's like just so much like excellent quality stuff that I was like, oh, is this just thrown out or you maybe give it, um, you know, just put up in the attic or something. Um, So, yeah, it's cool to see that we've like created a way for... I think we're connecting mums that creates like a circular economy because yeah. basically as the baby grows we match mums match mums with like let's say if they have a six month old that will match with a mum with an eight or nine month old right? so they can keep passing on stuff as they grow so like to create like a circular economy yeah. so yeah it's cool <laughs> I mean it's such it's such a good idea firstly but also what I think is so incredible about it is that at times I feel like people don't necessarily know how they can help and they don't yeah. necessarily know what they can do in order to help and something like this like you're like you said creating that circular economy you're you know there's so much waste essentially that's out there as well and especially when it comes to children because you know there's so much stuff there and Mm. I don't know if you've seen like those videos and stuff online they're very funny that like the kids who have all the toys in the world and usually they'll like go for the toilet roll or they'll just like want to play with a shoe do you know that kind of way so like there is a huge amount of waste that's out there but being able to give it back to families that don't necessarily have the opportunity to go out and get that themselves you know, must be very fulfilling for the mums that are being matched as well yeah. as obviously the mums who are in DP and who who need this stuff as well. Because I feel like there is like a certain amount of helplessness at times because it's like, well, how how can I help these people, you yeah. know, and how can I get involved with them? That will make that difference on a daily basis, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think that's, and it's also, you know, for mums in direct vision, they've, what they also said is like it's nice for them to like meet someone in their community as yeah, well and definitely. just like the join the kind of mum community in whatever town that they, they're they living in so um, you know we had one mum who was connected in Wexford and then she went to go, like sometimes mums in drug vision just get moved centre kind yeah. of overnight and she's like I'm in Galway can you rematch me so you know it was like a way for her to also meet somebody as well as as well as the kind of you know pa- passing on of stuff, so it's it's nice that it does a few jobs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is nice to see like pictures and stuff of people getting the different baby clothes and stuff. I don't know. Absolutely, it's so nice <laughs> and amazing to see that uptake as well, like straight away. Yeah, I know people are so generous. Or like, I guess I just knew so little about the mum community. I'm like, oh, everyone like seems to just want to help each other. Do you know? Yeah. And um, it's great talking to the mums on both sides. You know, they seem to both really enjoy it. Um, and yeah it's so nice to like yeah just see the like yeah I, I was in disbelief that so, like so many people signed up and that's where you know we're still you know I think 
we still need because we match mums all over the country like I thought I thought that we wouldn't find anyone in like when we started in Wexford I was like oh maybe we'll try matching with mums in Dublin because yeah. I'd mostly a following in Dublin but we, we, straight away we had enough mums in Tipperary to match them like people in Tipperary with people nearby in Tipperary. It's brilliant to yeah. see. We yeah. need a few more Tipperary moms if anyone from Tipperary Come on, Tipperary. Yeah, we're starting to run low. I was Let's like, go. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, we're starting to run low. I'm going to do a direct <laughs> play to Tipperary followers of her yeah. then. Let's get it going. Let's match moms. Um, yeah. <laughs> I suppose when it comes to direct provision that in general the plan is for the government for it to be done and dusted by mm. 2024. That's the plan and that everybody who is in centres will be rehomed into state-owned accommodations. Yeah. So I suppose, you know, you being in there and kind of talking to them from an outsider's perspective, you know, like, how, how is that feeling? Does it feel like it's going to happen? And, and I suppose, what do you think about that announcement as well? Yeah, I think there's an element of like fear, especially when talking about people because, you know, they're in it right now. And two years, is, it's a long time for yeah. anybody to, you know, like that's a long time. And it's and I think that, you know, I guess with anything that you hear from the government, you're always like, it will be two years, it'll be three years. You know, you just don't really know. So it's kind of like people are on the edge of their seats, I suppose. I have noticed like a few people I know now have got their papers and um, there's definitely been a few positive changes I've seen mm. while I've been like over the past two years, um, uh, increased access to different education opportunities and stuff. Um but yeah, you're on the edge. You're kind of like, uh, you know, the way you don't like two years is a long time. So it's to watch people not, go yeah. through some things, so yeah. you're kind of like, oh, it'll, you, you, you definitely wouldn't find yourself saying it'll be better in two years because you kind of hope those people won't even be in direct vision anymore in two years. By so. that time, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, I suppose, Louisa May, kind of coming back a little bit to the work that you do as an activist, even even that term, what you know, mm. when you set up the page, <laughs> were you like on a Tuesday morning or whatever day? It was like, you know what, today I'm 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 going to be an activist. It feels right for me. Like, what is being an activist to you, yeah. and how do you feel about that label? I suppose yeah. when it comes to this work that you're doing. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. So you're say as you're saying there, I was involved in this exhibition about a week ago for uh, the stand exhibition, and it's a student run exhibition in colleges where they're. Um, exhibiting like activists around Ireland and about the day before I think a friend of mine I was telling her kind of about what I was up to and she's like oh are you an activist now and I was like no I don't think I'm an activist you, I was like, but Louisa May you, like, that you are on paper 100% like you are fighting for yeah. the rights of people who are not in a position to fight for them and you are literally doing activism I suppose it's kind of like the by the book yeah, description of I'm what it is I was doing something and I didn't know the definition maybe because I just based in the next day I saw the exhibition and I you know I knew I was going to be in it but I, I didn't realise like how cool it would be actually till I saw it and I was like oh wait maybe I am an activist yeah. just been, but I think it's more like with when I started Let's Help I more I took like a political stance and yeah. I was you know there are organisations out there like the Irish Refugee Council that have fought so long mm. I guess it's like imposter syndrome in terms of you know they've done so much to fight for the rights of asylum seekers Um and then, you know, Toomey, who's involved with us at Let's Help, you know, she was like a political activist and mm. she's like kind of guided me through this whole thing. Like, um, I don't know if any of you have seen Toomey speak out and stuff, but I like first time I ever talked to her, I was like, do you have any tips? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm like, you know. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, just on like, you know, being, because you have to be kind of brave and whatever. But um, yeah, so 
what it means to me. I guess I just had, you know, I just thought I saw something that I was like, ah, this is in Ireland. Like, I yeah. don't want this to exist here. Like, it I is. mean, it's, it's a very, like what you said there, I don't want this to exist. It's It's almost a simple explanation of something. But I mean, when I look at activism in Ireland at the moment, in comparison to even what it was 10 years ago, like people mm. are really standing up and talking about things. Yeah. And it wasn't really something... Well, no, I'm not saying that it wasn't really something, but definitely, like, the younger generations are starting to really stand up and talk about things that matter. Like, even... Like, when I think about myself, like, 15 years ago when I was in college, like, honestly, I think about myself now and I'm like, I didn't even know about anything, let alone care about anything. Yeah. I'm going to blame that on society. (laughs) But, like, things have definitely moved forward, even only recently with what's happening in Dublin with Merchant's Arch and stuff. Oh, the the cobblestone. The cobblestone. Like, seeing people come together to talk about things like that. Mm. It's great to see. And, I mean, do you kind of put yourself into that realm of, like, you know, you're, you're standing up for something that you believe in and and it's great to see that people are actually doing that more now. Yeah, like I definitely think so during when I was in college, um, it was like 2014, um, there was, you know, there was kind of when Me Too, maybe my final years in college when the Me Too movement started, started taking off. And yeah. I just remember like the freedom that I got from it because there was things that I just thought was just normal or okay. You know, I worked in a bar and I'd have guys like slapping my ass 24 7. And you're like, oh, it's, just, it's a compliment. I don't know if you remember that frame of thought that people used to have. I don't know. Well, I do remember that when it comes to like street harassment. That's yeah, something that we've like, spoken about, whereby like someone <laughs> hollers at you from yeah. a car and you're like, oh, well, you know, I take that as a compliment it's not going to happen forever and I was like what that yeah. doesn't feel right inside my soul why Why is this yeah, okay there's so many things yeah. about like even you know there's like it was always the guys in charge of societies and culture whatever it was and then I just saw like the next year is women in charge of everything and like we really found our voices and then repeal you know um, that was like really inspiring to have repeal take place and yeah um, yeah I think social media also has given people a voice and like I definitely wouldn't have been able to do any of this without like Instagram which yeah. is strange to admit because you know there's pros and there's cons to it um, <laughs> really yeah. activists on Instagram are now going against Instagram you know so yeah, yeah. it's a uh, but yeah definitely it's nice to see as a country we have a voice and we like fight for the country that we want to have um, and keep it like a good space. Um, I think it's something that I love about Ireland. Um, and yeah, at the moment, I literally made a note to like mention the cobblestone. <laughs> Did you? Like, yeah. It's my favourite pub. Like, I'm horrified. Like, I actually, I yeah, it's that one. That one. It hit would me be from, pretty shocking. It makes no sense. Like, why would you do that to I Like, I just don't. That makes no logical sense. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like people are really coming together that, hopefully, anyway, I would be of the same ilk that it won't happen. Um, I can't. I thought it was fake news. And I literally messaged them on Instagram. (laughs) I was like, like, hey, I was like, before I say anything online, I just want to make sure this is real. Because I genuinely was like... Gentrification can't be going this far. No, I'm disbelief. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah, so like, hopefully the cobblestone and like, they you know yeah. take people seriously and I will like chain myself to the gate like. there you go you heard it here first lads you heard it here first um, before I let you go Louisa May I, I want to ask about I suppose future plans for Let's Help and, and kind of where you see it going because over the last two years um, it's gained so much traction and I mean it's fantastic to see I think everything that I saw in um, even the life piece you know like that photography exhibition that's going on 
definitely the media is starting to wake up and pay more attention. Yeah. Um, and I suppose like that must be a great thing for you as well because it definitely feels like in any way that you can shine the light on something, yeah. it's going to be helpful. Um, two years is a long time, like you said, to think about direct provision being abolished and taken away. So there's still a lot of work to do. And like yeah. you said, if anybody wants to go and check out the Let's Help website, I'll put all the details yeah. below. And it is about the day-to-day lives of these people that is is your main concern. But I suppose, what are the future plans for us? Yeah, so I guess it's been changing as I go because, as you know, it did get started overnight and I've learned like a lot about the needs of asylum seekers. And, you know, they also changed, like what we were doing was in response to the pandemic. You know, yeah. there was no charity shops open. There was a lot of the shops were closed. So some items that let's say they needed, they don't need now because shops are open yeah. uh, or they can get to the shop. Or, you know, so definitely focus. And just to mention for anyone who wants to sign up to Let's Match Mums, it's www.letsmatchmums.com. It's actually a separate website entirely. Okay. Um, but you can find out details about it on the Let's Help website as well. But yeah, we're, we're, I'm focusing a lot on Let's Match Mums just because yeah. I think it's something that, you know, there's still um, mums that are helping mums that I connected a few months ago. And I just think it's such a like scalable way to be able to help mums in need across Ireland. Um, and yeah, so that's my focus at the moment. You know, we're still doing drops. I've got a, I've got a drops going down to, um, uh, I think down to Wexford uh, this weekend and stuff. Um, but yeah, main focus of mine is to like, I think we, you know, we learned a lot, and I feel like Let's Match Mums is a really great thing that's helping asylum seekers Absolutely. at the moment. So. Just keep focusing on that. But yeah, it's funny when you say two years, I'm like, oh yeah, and I'm still like really passionate and just like, yeah, yeah here's to, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go years. Tipperary. Come yeah. on, Come Tipperary. On, tipperary mom. Come on, Tipperary mom. <laughs> I know, it's like, literally like, <laughs> oh, I just matched mom's and Tipperary yesterday and we just, I was like, oh, I think I'm actually close to running out. <laughs> but it's, was, it's yeah. brilliant to see as well, like the places that you know that you like need mums to match as well because that's showing exactly that it's working in certain areas and also you can see okay well we need this so let's shout about this a little bit more and the fact that there's mums now on both sides joining up without me like I would have reached out to centres to get them on and now they're like just signing up because they're hearing about from word of mouth and stuff so it's incredible (laughs) no it's great to see and look your work over the last couple of years since we talked originally you know it's been great to see the page evolve like you said it was a direct response to I think when the pandemic hit, you know, everybody got really concerned about what was going on for themselves and a lot of people fell by the wayside and direct provision is something that should never be forgotten about it's happening it's it has been happening since 1999 we can't forget that this is happening in our country and even though the end is in sight two years is a long time so we're going to put all the information if anybody wants to find out more about uh, direct provision as well as let's match mums and I'm sure that you'll be seeing Louisa May chained to the cobblestone in the next few weeks Um, so do go and uh, support all the work that she's doing as well Louise May it's been a pleasure having you in alright it was lovely to chat to you (laughs) bye (laughs) bye (laughs) bye